Welcome to One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah. We've got a special program. We have a special program. We have some special <laughs> things planned for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to think every program is special. No, this is going to be way better. Me. This is going to be way better than yeah. normal. Yeah. Do, do the bar is pretty high. That's, that's a big yeah. statement to say because everything that we sure. do is just so awesome and good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, one, <laughs> this one will be memorable. Yeah. Before we jump into that, what's, what's going on with you guys? Anything to announce in your personal lives or in uh, the church life? Anything to bring up? Uh, I got news the other day that uh, the, the baby has dropped, our grandbaby. So, okay, good. So that means, yeah, like not grandbaby. literally dropped on the floor, but like it's a thing, I guess. Like it means that like it could be go time any any time. Wow. Yeah. So we're just kind of on standby for that. She's full term. Yeah, well, in, inside that window of like you know you get past a certain point, yeah, it's sure. like okay, like it, it's good to go. Sure. And we're past. Past the window. Amazing. So the baby dropping, that one's, that's one you're going to hear. You're going to hear some weird things yeah. that, are gonna, that are come later, and they're going to be more gross than, yeah. than you might imagine. Yeah. So prepare, I, I remember. Prepare yourself this, for, some, our first for some more so. information. <laughs> so so me, me and Carrie, in our stupid, in our immaturity as kids, when we started having kids, when we had Gage, uh, we were pretty young. We weren't very solid Christians, believers, and we had started, we had met the Dillards, and we're going to Grace community church and mm-hmm. everyone was so excited because it was a smaller older congregation they were just so excited that this couple in their midst was going to have a baby and um she had uh shell silverstein yeah. you know the, mm-hmm. the poet yeah. she she loved shell we had this big book of his poems like uh, and there was one called someone ate the baby and uh, <laughs> we always would refer to it and we thought it was funny and at the time we didn't have cell phones it was answering machines and so i decided i thought it would be like cool because we had so many calls from people after we had the baby, like that it was just overwhelming and we wanted it to stop. So I recited, like someone <laughs> ate the baby on the message machine. And I remember Pastor Dan Dillard calling one day and um, he was just like almost had a heart attack. He, he was like, what, what happened? I can't, like the dude was just like falling over. And I felt so bad afterwards That's that funny. I erased it. But uh, we thought it was brilliant at the time. Someone ate the baby. I have never heard that poem. <laughs> I haven't either. And yeah. It sounds wrong. Someone I, ate the baby. I think you I'm going to go look it up go after look we're up. done here because I'm kind of curious. You have to. Yeah. Well, bottom line is that uh, Chad is going to be joining the, the grandpa club here real soon. Yeah. And so we'll all be uh, grandpas. Yeah. We'll all be Popeyes. Papas. Yeah. Imagine that. I like it, too. Yeah. Pretty cool. It's a cool thing. So that's my news. You got something new, too. Got, do I? What's going well, on? Maybe everybody knows by now. I think we are. I think I announced it last week. Did you week. say it last week? Yeah, okay. that when we were at the beach, he, uh, right. Ty, our youngest boy, proposed to Lydia. They've been dating for a while, and she said yes, and yeah. they've started premarital counseling now, and so we're, we got another another one that's going to be getting married, which is cool. It's not good for that man to be alone. Right. Yeah. What about you? I read that last What's going on with you? Uh, not a whole bunch. Had a nice Mother's Day get-together with most of the family. Uh, yeah. Eight. Eight. Did all the cooking too, didn't you? I did a lot of the cooking. I had some help, but I was uh, spent by the time it was done. So <coughs> it was, I, I overdid it. Next time I want to do something just simple. So that would be nice. But it was nice. Yeah. 
Uh, by the way, before I forget, we had announced it. Um, I put it in the newsletter and announced that the Adopt a Highway litter pickup was going to be tomorrow. They right, postponed tomorrow. it a week, so don't show yeah. up if you're listening and planning to go. Yeah. It's now not right. the 13th, but the 20th. Yeah. Same place, same time, just different date. So. And then the women's thing. I think there's a women's oh, thing yeah, that's on Saturday, Saturday, isn't it? Saturday, yeah. Yeah. A women's so. social. Social. And your mom is going to be talking about the faithfulness of God. Yeah. Which I assume has a lot to do with uh, what, you, what you put her through. Well, it's a lot more than that. I hope she actually doesn't talk much about me and talks more about just her, her story. Because yeah. she's like, there's a lot there. She's going to do really good with that subject. I wish I could go. Yeah. And maybe cool. I'll dress up like a woman. Well. Oh, don't go there. <laughs> Hmm. We, we had a podcast about that a while ago. <laughs> I don't even know why I said that, but um, I wish I could go hear it. But yeah, it'll it'll be good. I don't know what time it is, but you can go online and times are on there. So nice, yeah, yeah. And I don't know what a social is. Like, I, I guess it's not a tea. It's, it's a, a potluck lunch this okay. time. So I think uh, so they're just they're going to be social together. I think is the idea. Okay, they're getting together to uh, socialize. Sense, I guess, yeah, to socialize. I think that's just the. The simple idea. So like fellowship. And food fellowship, yeah. yeah. Women's fellowship, you could call it that too. Or as your wife would call it, a woman's fellowship. Just one. <laughs> I had to go in and edit the event because she always just puts A instead of E. Gotcha. That's funny. So women's is more than gotcha. one woman. It's just right. like, just, just one. one. Gotcha. Which isn't really fellowship. That's not very social. I think she does that schizophrenic. on purpose now. <laughs> does she just, 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 just for you. <laughs> she might. Because there's been like 20 years of, of this playfulness. And she's probably like, I'm going to do this on purpose right now. <laughs> yeah, that's not nice. That's awesome. Yeah. That's like the girl I used to work with that every time she would always ch- move this picture that was on the wall that sat behind her, make it crooked so that when I would <coughs> walk by, I would have to go over and fix it. And yeah. then I'd come back later and be wrong again. And finally, I figured out what she was doing. But People do that to me with the chairs <laughs> yeah. in both co- in both locations. It's fine. There's somebody that looks at me to make sure I'm looking and then kicks it and walks away. Like, kicks the chair out of line yeah. and then I'll run over at Wayne like, yeah. put it back in That's place. That's funny. Well, while you were gone to the coast, Brent and I actually, we had a discussion one afternoon about all of our, our weird OCD things. Like, it, yeah. it took the afternoon to talk about all of our weird OCD-ness. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we all have I think between the three of us, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, so, I think every human has it. Change yeah. the name from ODP, One Decent Pastor, to OCD. <laughs> that, that, would, that would be rad, actually. Yeah. One, one OCD, ODP. There you go. Very good. What are we talking about yeah. today? We're dude? talking about... I should bring a drum in. Um, so we, a few weeks back, uh, maybe a month ago now, had talked about a podcast that we've all been listening to. It's become very popular. I think it even at one point... Went to like number two or number three of all podcasts, not just Christian ones on iTunes. Like this thing's blown up and become huge. Um, And it's called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. And I think I even made the statement that it may be one of the most important like works that a Christian should listen to in the last, I don't know, decade or two decades or something. That in American gospel, like I I think it's that important for people to listen to. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that podcast now that all of us have completely got through it. And hopefully some of our people, we recommended it or working their way through it. If you're not, we highly recommend it. Um, But um, we also want to not just um, uh, be narrow-minded or nearsighted about how we look at some of these things. It's really easy to approach a podcast like this where they're critiquing a very big church that has fallen and done a lot of things wrong and just 
sit around and dogpile. Um, we also want to remain objective when we even hear the reviews and the reporting on these things because we're a bunch of humans reporting on other humans. So today I think we're going to talk about just some things we would like for you guys to look out for as you go through this and maybe even some things that we actually saw was problematic as we went through yeah, this. Yeah, I think right. when we got done with it, we, we, we all kind of talked and realized that we recommended this podcast for everybody to listen to and then we also saw some glaring issues with the way it was, it was done very well by yeah. the way, but, but, but some of the things that um, you were left to conclude, the conclusions that they made or, or kind of led you to, you know, to conclude were problems. And so um, it was definitely being steered, yeah, a certain yeah, direction, yeah, just yeah. like most of these things are. You know, it's yeah. the same thing problem with our, our media and our news these days is we're all being steered. You know, so literally. rather than like wholesale acceptance of this, thing, yes. like if you listen to this, agree with their their conclusions. Now, there's some things that that were off, and we want to make sure we yeah, acknowledge were. those things. So let's start by recapping the things that we did like about it. Like, why why do we believe it was valuable? Is valuable? Why do we believe it's important? Like that people like go and, and listen to this thing. Yeah, well, I think that like the downfall of Mars Hill, like it was a very public downfall. <clears throat> um, you know, Driscoll is a, is a public figure, uh, has a lot of followers. Uh, Mars Hill attracted a lot of followers, and so just because of the, the public nature of the ministry, it's kind of you know I think helpful after the fact to kind of take a deep dive and uh, you know kind of pull the curtain back a little bit um, to see what happened. Um, I know for me, I, I had a lot of questions, even like I followed it at the time. Um, you know, for me, the kind of peek behind the curtain was helpful just to have a better understanding of what went wrong. Um, and I think we can learn from those for things. Sure. I hope that we learn from those things. And we've talked about things, you know, as we've gone through it that we are learning, have learned and are learning, you know, from that peek behind the curtain. Yeah. So I think there's just some valuable uh, there's a fine line. I forget the term we used before. Like, like when you can't look away from a car wreck, there's kind of that aspect to it. Right. But but if we can kind of move past that aspect and look, okay, here's where the things went wrong, and here's how we can set up our structure now in order to avoid some of these pitfalls yeah. is, is super helpful. Yeah, it was definitely um, something that I that allowed me to reflect on myself, like in honest ways, um, because I'm a lot, and a lot of pastors are <coughs> like Mark is, Mark Driscoll is. Uh, we're kind of type A's. Sure. We kind of we're, we're leaders, and we and and as a leader, there's times that we think and are fully convinced that nobody can do uh, things the way that we can do them, and so we start to to really um, isolate ourselves, uh, whether it be with accountability or just people, you know, speaking in to things, counsel, um, which is what this this dude did. And so, like, I know I've had that tendency, and it's really neat to uh, that it looked really ugly to me when I saw it here. Right. <laughs> and went like, okay, like, note to self. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, let's run as far away from these tendencies as possible. So it's been something that's definitely kept my tendencies and my personality uh, in check personally. And it also tells you a lot about the congregation and, and the way that we want kings and the way that we want to elevate a personality and we build our churches on personalities and the dangers of that because that's that's really what we do these days. And uh, and, and we all need to take a hard look at that one yeah. and, and look at the reasons why uh, it's not a great idea. So, I was going to say there was just a lot of uh, affirmations that, that I, I found by watching it um, in the way that we've set things up, uh, why we've set them up that way. Uh, a lot of that has been good. We, we you know, this co-pastor model, uh, people don't always get it, but this safeguards from one guy getting elevated to, sure. to the spotlight. And I think that was a good thing. Uh, the idea that the need for accountability, the, the affirmation that this is really important in a church. Um, 
the affirmation that the ends don't justify the means. I think right. that a lot of times that they, they went kept going down this road because the church was growing and people were coming to faith, and so they were ignoring things right. that shouldn't have been ignored because of the results. And, and you can't just base what we're doing on results alone. So there were just sure. a lot of things, a lot of lessons to learn, pitfalls for us to avoid that, that became very clear. So it was extremely helpful in that regard. Um, and the truth is you're always going to have um, – Things that aren't great taking place in any given local church, sure. and things that are good, and the things that are good, or I mean, God works in spite of us, and, and those are good things. But you're right; they kind of use that for years as an excuse to not yeah. pay attention to broken things that that right. could have been fixed. So yeah. Yeah. even even ugly and sinful wrong things yeah, yeah, that yeah, were yeah. going on that yeah. people were just kind of turning a blind eye at or blind eye at because right. well, look at the results though. Right. And I, it's just a, again, it's just a warning that. Yeah. You know, we need to be honest about what's going on. And, and uh, yep. anyway, that was helpful sure. in that regard. A lot of good stuff in that. So yeah. actually, I should have started here. For those that haven't started on the podcast or, or maybe ha- have no idea what we're even talking about right now, in a nutshell, what is the the rise and fall of Mars Hill podcast? What's Mars Hill? And then what's the rise and fall of it? Yeah, Mars Hill was a church in Seattle. Um, it, it's kind of remarkable to think about the reach that this church had for a period of time and that Driscoll had and the influence that they had. Um, you know, really, I mean, even globally, I mean, they, they were well known and, and remarkable to think. He had a big uh, influence on me. Yeah, yeah, a, same here. Christian. Me yeah. too. In, in, a lot of, in, in positive ways. Like, yeah. like I would look back and, um, you know, not necessarily, you know, throw all that out. Like, like it's, I think, important to acknowledge, like, there was some positive influence mm-hmm. there and some good things that God did and worked in people's lives, even in the midst of just some weird and horrific, you know, things. But, um, to answer your question, Marcel was a church in Seattle um, that uh, um, started planting other churches, and, and I don't know where all they had churches. Portland, I think they had some church, a church in New Mexico. But they were done. Um, they were in like six or seven different states. Yeah, think, all, all over locations. Yeah. And, and really, one thing that, that I don't think I realized until listening to the podcast is just how they took advantage of social media and technology yep. to their benefit. Like pretty remarkable how they. Yep. Uh, utilize that, um, you know, just to increase their their reach. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, they were a large influence. Driscoll was an author that wrote a lot of books, uh, prolific, you know, blogs and podcasts, and just utilizing technology that Read way. Read a book a day. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so in short, yeah, just an influential church, influential uh, pastor that utilized technology, um, you know, to reach the masses. Well, a lot of his theology was, was what we would have aligned with um, as far as what, you know, their stated What's the theology. Paper. Not, necessarily, yeah. not necessarily what they did with it or where they went with it, but, but what was stated on paper theologically was kind of along the lines of us, the way they started the church, the reason they started the church, similar to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and Driscoll was one of those guys for the first time in my life that uh, you could you could kind of be yourself you didn't have to pretend to be this weird <coughs> person in the pulpit that people mm-hmm. could yeah. relate to he was very relatable he spoke norm like in a way that made i don't know it related mm-hmm. well i related well yeah. to it and i it, before that time i always thought if you were going to be a pastor you had to put on this persona kind of a fake persona almost to be this person that's holier than thou and that's above everybody else and that you know and he was the first guy that i thought oh you don't have to do that it was kind of refreshing. Now he went way too far with that <laughs> right. to the point of like sin, um, but it was it was kind of a, you know he was very influential. Yeah, it was kind of groundbreaking in that yeah. way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of good came of it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we had a lot of uh, positive takeaways, obviously, from the podcast. We think it's valuable on many levels. We just talked about a few of those, and and I think we we kind of started here and said this earlier, but unfortunately we. Um, have human beings with the rise and fall of Mars Hill uh, podcast reporting on human beings. (laughs) 
um, which which means that um, it leaves room for for error on multiple levels rather than just one. Sure. So you know we come in and we're like, oh, we're we're basically like putting magnifying glass our crosshairs on the error of Mar or Mars Hill. And if we do that alone uh, on what they're reporting on, then we can we can maybe not not carefully discern what we're hearing or how it's being reported on. Come to find out, we all were going through the podcast, and there would be things that I would hear even early on in the episodes that seemed to rub me wrong, but I couldn't put my finger on like what it was. I kind of kept you know my crosshairs firmly fixed on just how bad Mars Hill was, but as I kept going through, it started becoming clear, and I was able to start. Uh, articulating some of what was bothering me about the reporting. And this is Christianity Today that puts this out. It's a dude named Mike Cosper um, that actually hosts the show and kind of like uh, does most of the research and, and puts it together. And from a production standpoint, excellent. Oh, it's legit. No, it's, it's totally legit, which is part of the reason why it climbed and got so popular is just because it's done well. Like it's always neat to see something that has to do with the Christian world being done well because it doesn't happen that often yeah. right so <laughs> that's a fair uh, point so yeah but 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 Mark Mike Cosper the host the guy putting it together and, and kind of steering the ship is uh, a human being too and as he's doing this it, it becomes clear that he's also crafting in a way the way that it's things are supposed to be taken right um, which which leads to an implied effect in, in some sure, ways. He's telling a story that's trying to make a point. Yeah, it's, a, it's kind of implying an interpretation, and if we're not careful, then we'll like fully buy that interpretation. I'm not saying it's all wrong, but this is where we need to stay objective. We need to be critical thinkers, and first of all, right. uh, and finally, biblical thinkers, no matter what we're hearing and how bad somebody has sinned. Like, we need to pay attention to all that. So that's part of what we're going to look at today. I got six things that I found. You guys can add to that or argue with these or whatever. These are six things that I found that were problematic to me. Uh, now that I'm done with it, looking back and re in fact, I've heard basically the whole thing twice through now because my wife did not hear it with me the first time through. I kind of, I did it on my own solo sessions on my own time. And then she got really interested in it about the time I was done. So when we go on long car rides and stuff like that, she's been going through it. So I've, I've had the benefit of actually going through the entire thing like twice, which made some of this came out, come out even, even more clear to me. The first one that's just something to remember as you're going through this is the absence of Mark Driscoll, right? So the reporting on this guy that, that fell, there's a lot of accusations against him and stuff. Most of them can't be denied. Like they're just factual. They were, they're what they are, which is part of the reason the place fell. But remember that, and we've learned this as pastors, whenever it comes to, especially like marriage counseling. If you're only hearing one side of a story, you're not hearing right. the whole story. You're not hearing the whole truth. This is a little bit different because there's a lot of witnesses and boots on the ground that come in and, and do interviews to people that were there. And we'll get to that one too in a minute. But just remember that Mark's not not present. And of course, that's not the fault of Mike Cosper. It's not the fault of uh, Christianity Today. Right. I'm sure that, in fact, they said they I, I reached they, out to him multiple times and that he didn't respond. So his silent voice is, is on him. But just remember that there's probably more to be said to, through a lot of this sure. from him. So anyway, you guys want to add to that? Not, not a whole yeah, lot. So, I think you're right. I would say, I mean, that, that's an important point to make. But at the end of the day, I think we've all agreed that um, even though Driscoll started out good and did some good things, you know, had some good theology and some good things that he did, 
at the end of the day, he, he shouldn't be pastoring at this point based on what he's done, and, and there's been no real repentance that I've seen. So go that's ahead. My, right. That's add, my opinion. Add, add this, because I don't even know if people know, like, he's right well, he, now. Well, he, he was yeah. basically um, put on probation, said he was going, that God told him to leave, so he didn't even go through his probational period. Uh, kind of, you know, stayed on the DL for a while, and then ended up starting another church in Arizona called Trinity. And where he and he's doing largely the same thing again. Where yeah, there's yeah. no account. It's like it doesn't he's look like he, he didn't learn from yeah, the mistakes he made. He's doing the same thing again with no yeah. accountability, and yeah. and it's a problem. And yeah. so I would say, even though he so that be, says a lot, yeah. even though he didn't come and say anything. Correct. And I would say, so right. even though we said that he influenced us and, and, and we got some good things from his ministry, yeah, we would distance ourselves from him at this point and yeah, not recommend him totally. or his books or anything anymore because even though they they benefited us at some point, uh, we would just be more. Uh, I think it's for us. We would distance ourselves. Well, the hard thing is he's he's unrepentant on something yeah. that um, that requires repentance. Yeah. Um, and we should be the first ones to model that. And um, just to kind of spoiler alert, um, like the elders went to him when they found problems with him, concerns with him, and their whole thing was to uh, to to see repentance happen and then restoration to yeah. ministry. Right. And so when the elders went to him, they're like, hey, we, we, need, we want you to step down for a while on these biblical grounds, and um, we'll work through this with you. And, and when it's time and God does the healing, then we're, we're going back to it. And Mark didn't want to accept the part of repentance and stepping down, so he walked away and left everybody else holding the bag financially, uh, all the way around, which is why it fell, ultimately. Yeah. It's because it was all built on this dude, and he just took his took his ball and went home. And it so. didn't have to do with, by the way, pride, um, you know, kind of verbal abuse, um, anger. Yeah, yeah. heavy-handed. Heavy-handed leadership, kind of that kind of stuff. That was, it wasn't yeah. a, you know, a sexual or a, right. um, you know, thing that disqualified him. It was just the way he was treating people, ultimately. Yeah. And uh, But and about it, four or five charges that are in yeah. character, in our Bibles, as far as character of a pastor, yeah. leader. I mean, right. so they did, they, they were disqualifying unless repentance happened. But if repentance would have happened, you yeah. could have, Restored yeah. yeah, and I think it's worth mentioning just because of you know just the public nature of you know who he was and who the church was and, and the downfall. It seems like the repentance ought to be public. Yeah, yes. like there could be an argument that people can make. Well, we don't know what's happened, you know, in private or which we don't. But that was a very public thing. That yep. it seems to be that it would require you know a public. Sort he of did repentance. make statements that seemed quasi-repentant. I mean, I'll admit, but then when you, but then you just have to look at what he's done since yeah. then, and that's where you, it, yeah, you, need, you, know, you don't really yeah. see it. Well, he's made yeah. some generalized statements yes. of repentance and acknowledgement of shortcomings, but they're they're very general. Right. But then again, still with his actions and just by by proxy of what he's doing, like it, there's no repentance. <clears throat> yeah. Like it's just right. Yeah. So we don't think he should be pastoring currently, is what we would say. Yeah. Based on what's gone on, so yeah. that just agree. That didn't really have to do with your observation but i wanted to state that. no that's that's good it's all good stuff to bring out so so number one the 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 absence of driscoll in the interviews and his side of the story is just something to consider it's not anybody's fault number two this one is a big deal the absence of scripture um and we're talking about in the the actual reporting there was a lot of narrative and crafting going into the presentation and hardly it's it's surprising how how there's just a lack of biblical uh, principles and, and scriptures that are addressing what's being reported on. Yeah. You almost, almost completely. Almost completely. Yeah, devoid completely of it, which was, that, that's the part that began to get to me at some point as I realized he, he's saying that, you know, Driscoll did all these things, the church did all these things that were bad, 
Um, and then there's this kind of absence of this void that's created, you know, and, and then the way they fill it is by going and talking to progressives and people that are on the, you know, almost they swing to the opposite end of things to get their answers. Oh, well, you guys did this. So, and it's like, well, wait a second, what, what does the Bible teach? Yep. What does the Bible say about these things? Yep. Because they just almost, I don't know, act like none of that matters. And, and yep. it was extremely frustrating. Well, even in yeah. the people being interviewed, like you're hearing a lot of how people were hurt. So there's almost, and we'll get to this too, but yeah. there's almost like this, this, this hyper um, consciousness of these people that, that were in his wake and that got hurt. Um, but again, you're not even hearing in their interviews and what and what they're you know unpacking um, a lot of humility in biblical um, you know references or yeah. you know where where they're going and what uh, how the Bible would have them respond to this. Like right. it's all absent. Like it's just a, there's a lot of hurt, angry people right. that are that seem very happy to be hurt and angry and wallowing in that. <laughs> yeah. And we're gonna. We'll get to that a little farther in one of these other problems. But at the end of the day, um, you know, the church, for all of its flaws, God loves the church. And, and that just didn't seem to be a vibe that was, you know, part of the podcast. Like for all of the flaws of Mars Hill, and they were many, you know, long, long list of, sure. of glaring flaws. And, and, and people were hurt. Like, don't want to minimize, you know, the hurt that people experience. I mean, there were some rough things that people experienced that even all these years later, they're still, you know, trying to recover from. Yeah. Um, and that's a reality. Um, but at the same time, like God, God loves the church and God loves the, the church in its flaws and, and God loves sinful people. Um, and, and, you know, God is all about redemption. Mm-hmm. And, and that was one of the things that just for me that like it didn't, there didn't seem to be much of a redemptive thread Agreed. through the podcast. Right. Um, w- which goes back in like if we were looking more at scripture, you know, there probably would have been more of a redemptive thread. Right. That's, all, ev- that's everything that we see in scripture. Like that's the that's the entire foundation of how the church interacts with itself. When right. things do go bad because they will go bad, everything comes back to redemption. Right. It's it's all a redemptive nature. And, and, and there wasn't much bad things in saying that, yeah. but but just like the God, God's into redemption. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. It wasn't helpful to to see people get hurt by what happened and then to just um, promote their hurt. Right. Like yeah. it wasn't helpful to anybody. Yeah. There was there was nothing. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing that wasn't helpful is that um, there was just kind of throwing the baby out with the bathwater thing that occurred there. So Driscoll, by way of example, taught about gender yeah. roles in the church, you know, men and women. And because he took those in a way that was, I would even say abusive at times, toxic masculinity, that kind of stuff, rather than say, okay, what does the Bible say about gender roles? They just do away with them. Yeah. They just yeah. pretend like that's a, that's an evil or bad thing. So we, we believe in complementarianism, the idea that women and men are created equal but have different roles in the church and marriage and all that stuff. But in the podcast, because Mark did something wrong with like, them. Complementarianism yes. bad throw They out. swing <laughs> all the way to the other side and yeah. they, they act like it's an evil thing, but it's not. It's a biblical thing. Exactly. He just he just took and ran in a bad way. And there's several examples like that. Even like the some of his theology was... Uh, aligned with us as far as kind of more reformed theology. Well, again, they, they, they'd say, well, he took that and went in a bad direction with it, right. so it's all bad, right. and you better abandon So you this shouldn't kind of consider thing, you know. this camp. Yeah. You should right. go over here to this camp. So there's no biblical basis <laughs> Which for we'll any get to that. of the conclusions they come to. They don't <clears throat> yeah. look to the Bible as the authority yeah. for the answers that we come to. They look to these experts right. who are people right. that are just on the opposite end of where Mark was, yeah. and that doesn't help. Yeah. That's actually created a whole other problem. That's what's funny, yeah. talking about Scripture, like the most Scripture like that I heard, the most Bible that I heard was the sound bites they used with Mark. <laughs> 
yeah. in the entire <laughs> thing. And a lot of it was actually good. It was like, wow, that's, that's some of the best stuff I've heard like in the last hour. I you know That I mean? was frustrating. He would yeah. say things that you would think, wait a second, that was biblically accurate. <laughs> yeah. Now, again, what he did with him right. and where he went with him and even the tone that, that took, you know, but still, it's like, was that a true statement yeah. biblically or not? Yeah. And they never went there. Yeah. Well, I think what we see just in larger society kind of outside of the podcast with where culture is, is we see this tremendous value placed upon, you know, one's lived experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind yeah. of the, the more... It you seems know, to be increasing, doesn't it? It is. Like the more we go on. It is. It is. It's weekly. Another discussion for another time yes. is this whole day of intersectionality where, you know, kind of the more ways that you're oppressed, the, the more your your voice and your lived yeah. experience means something. Totally, dude. Right. And, and so we see that play out in totally. the podcast where this lived experience, and again, not to minimize right. anybody's experience because right. it was real, it was legit, yeah. it hurt was real um, you know unwarranted all, all those things but you know we're just seeing this you know, emphasis more and more in all of society placed yeah. on lived experience and that trumps everything Absolutely. and that just seemed to, to come to bear in the podcast Agreed. it would have been nice to, to, to have more of a redemptive uh, uh, just emphasis yeah. throughout the whole thing and it just seemed to never come you almost kind yeah. of waited for it to come Maybe maybe this guy that he's interviewing now is going to bring it up, or or maybe this is where he's going to move into this, and it just never seems yeah. to come. Um, so that that was that was kind of a bummer. Um, number three, uh, and this is kind of connected: who they actually use to participate, who they actually use to uh, to interview and to speak into this was um, uh, a lot of times made sense. A lot of it was people who were willing to step sure. into it that that were. Uh, kind of front and center and even even in the inner circle right and so there were some people that were right there seeing it all which was great but um, quite a few of the people they used and even used a lot throughout the episodes are people that don't even consider themselves Christians anymore or people that don't even go to church anymore have walked away from the faith Um, and I just I mean I'm going to state the obvious like those are the worst people you can use to like critique the church like people who don't even love the church people that yeah. that don't even care yeah. about the church. So like what what do you, what kind of a tone do you expect to get sure. out of these people? And I think uh, just some of that negativity again uh, that came from so much of the the time he gave to these people in interviews was a downer. Well, there was, there were several times I walked away from an episode when it ended like just depressed out of my right. mind, right? And and a lot of it had to do with the tone of these people that are taking up the mic. It goes back to what Chad said earlier yeah. that th- there was a story he was trying to tell. And those people helped that narrative along, and that's why he used them. Yep. But again, it, it's you know the story at the end of the day, it was right as far as you know what happened at Mars Hill and what happened to Mark. But but the conclusions they came to weren't biblical conclusions. Yeah. They were kind of worldly conclusions very often, and progressive con- con- conclusions that weren't super helpful. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I opened my Bible before the podcast to. Um, 1 Corinthians 14, 12, that it's something I throw out there a lot, but you know, it talks about that if you want to see a manifestation of the Spirit, strive to excel at building up the church, mm-hmm. uh, is Paul's command. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in the midst of this discussion of you know spiritual gifts and what's appropriate at church and what's not, and cutting through the weirdness, and at the end of the day, he's like, just like build up the church. Uh, that's that's a true manifestation of the Spirit. And um, you know, granted, a lot of these you know people in the podcast, you know, again, it real hurts that they had experiences and, and things like that, but. Um, you know, it just seemed at the end of the day that there maybe there could have been a greater effort at let, let's use this to you know intentionally build up the church yeah um, instead of you know just kind of you know, looking at at a car wreck you know looking at the negative and people's bad experiences and whatnot and the truth is there's because the church was so big and so widespread at the point of its fall like 
there's a lot of building up to do. There's a lot of people that need to be built up. There's a lot of people that need to be uh, encouraged back into truth and back into the church and reassimilate it. Uh, They don't need just further confirmation of their anger, their bitterness, their resentment. Right. The church is still God's plan for the gospel in the world. Yeah. regardless of you know how people have been hurt by it and it's it's sad it's heartbreaking it's unfortunate um, that people are hurt by the church it, it's unfortunate that you know spiritual abuse is even a term that, that sure. exists yeah. right it, it's it stinks sure but it's still God's plan for the gospel in the world sure is the church and we'll get to that too because right. it's impossible to actually be a part of the church and do life in the church and not right. be offended wounded all those things so we'll get to that um there's so so number three uh, is that there are people that are being interviewed, uh, kind of, you know, they're put in the seats of of, um, you know, not experts, but kind of like experts on what they're reporting on, and they're not, they don't even claim some to be believers. There's a few of them I looked into this week. A, a lady named Jessica Jones, she comes in in episode two, and a couple other ones, uh, Jesse Bryant, Joshua Harris. These are people that are given time to speak into this and, and critique what's going on. <laughs> Um, that don't even consider themselves believers anymore. And so I, that's some, that's a problem. Like, yeah. it's just something to consider as you're listening to yeah. this. So, um, yeah, That but, was one of the things I wish would have been different about that is it, it could have been a, a video series to where you could see who was speaking and get their names. And Because I, you, you, weren't, you weren't always of. clear who was talking and yeah. who they were and if they were a Christian or not a Christian or what. Yeah. It, it made it hard to track with. Yeah. But you could tell for sure on some of these yes. people. It's like these yes. people don't love the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. They don't love the church. Yeah. They're angry. Yeah. Uh, they have an ax to grind. They and, want blood. Yeah, yeah. they want yeah. blood. <laughs> and, and some of their conclusions were just off base. Exactly. Which, which actually brings us yeah. to uh, the next problem. Um, some of... And again, this is one of those things I... I think I sensed early, but I didn't exactly know what it was until it clearly revealed itself uh, later on. And then all of it was like chained together. It was like, oh gosh, that's what this has been the whole time. So someone's being presented as good and even promoted um, as maybe a healthy Christianity or a better Christianity is progressive Christianity. Yeah. Which I think you, you and I, if we, if we sat and got down to it, would say that's not even Christianity right. at all. Um, and, I, and I know that's a fine line. I'm not assuming that necessarily on Cosper, but again, he's promoting a lot of what is progressive Christianity. So first of all, like just for people watching, what is progressive Christianity? And I know we've kind of given some time to this at previous table talks, and um, we've talked about obviously like um, deconstructionism and stuff, which a lot of that, in my opinion, they go hand in hand. Right. Like they're, they're close. So anyway, what is progressive Christianity? I think it, it, it kind of tries to um, move away from from what, what we you know the accepted teachings of, of the word and and try to mesh more with what the world is doing now today. So yep. it's kind of more more of a worldly version of the church that's um, accepted the practices and the, the things that the world has accepted. So you, you know where you have women pastors, that's okay. Where you, you know gender roles aren't specific. It's more of an egalitarian view on things. Um, it's more of that you know. Yep. This is kind of outdated and old-fashioned as far as the Word of God goes, yep. and so let, let's look at you know let's 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 progress beyond that and, yes. and and begin to accept the things that the world accepts. They wouldn't say it that way, but that's ultimately what they're doing. Yeah, right. And and you end up with a, a <coughs> the best a watered-down version of Christianity, and at worst, <laughs> yeah. no Christianity. No Christianity. I would prefer it a lot of times if people would just call it something else. Right. It's not biblical Christianity. And this is what right. what what the emergent 
church, the emerging church was, the, the movement, right? Yeah. The movement back in the, the late 90s and early yeah. 2000s that we talk about. It was really just kind of the, uh, I don't know, the popular beginnings, yeah. uh, I guess, of uh, movement of progressive Christianity. So it's actually in the word, right? Progressive means to progress. Yeah. The problem is that it's if the word of God is our authority, which we the Christian church believes it is, the Christian faith believes it is, there is no progression right, to be no had. There, there is no changing to be had. There's no evolution that needs to be had. There's nothing that needs to move forward. It is, for all times, right and yep, complete. Right. And so whenever you have, basically it's a change in, in ultimate authority, right? You've got people that call themselves Christians who are no longer looking at this as the ultimate authority. They're looking yep. at culture as the ultimate authority, and, and therefore uh, it, that dictates yeah, what right. needs to be changed inside the church? Well, I think a lot of progressive so. Christians would quote, you know, so-called progressive Christians would say that their highest ethic is love, right? But but at the end of the day, it's a jacked-up version of what love is, right? And, and you know, their version of love is you know never saying no and never coming against somebody else's truth and you know those, those kinds of things. Always and accepting it, it, other people. It's a love yeah. that's void of truth. Yeah. At the end of the day. Well, and you can understand when so somebody comes out of a very harsh, kind of authoritarian structure like Marcel sure. had become, where Mark was, kind of. Man, he was asking people to do some horrific things and, and, and marriages and stuff like that. It was gnarly. Yeah. So for them to you know swing out of that and kind of go, go to that more what you just described makes sense. It does. Um, yeah. It does make sense. But at the end of the day, it's like you have to come back to this. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's what what does God's word teach and what does it say? And I, yeah. I didn't see Cosper doing that in that podcast at all. Not even so, trying to. So where are some of the areas where you realize that he's actually promoting progressive Christianity? Are there are were there any like aha moments where it was like well oh my I gosh. think just in general as I mentioned before just the the, the trumping of lived experience mm-hmm. over everything else right mm-hmm. um, rather than you know, lining it up with biblical authority it's like the authority is your lived experience mm-hmm. you know more so than the word and so there wasn't for me just kind of one aha yeah, moment sure. of that but it's just you just see that thread mm-hmm. uh, you know throughout that, that nothing matters more than, than one's lived experience mm-hmm. there was definitely a, a point in the aftermath uh, one where he talked to this lady and her family I think that had been at Mars Hill <coughs> and they, they ended up um, going they, now they're going to a church that used to be a Mars Hill location I think if yeah. I right. it was one of the first and, Mars and Hill it's a progressive Christian church now yeah. and they basically were Almost saying, look, they got out of this really bad church they were experience, saying it was great. and now they've gotten into this very healthy church experience. Yep. But they described what the church was and what they were like, yep. and and he was giving it two big, you know, two enthusiastic thumbs up. Yep. But it was like that's that's exactly some of the things we're talking about. It was it was troubling. Yeah, you know, there was no questioning anything about what this church was. It was just like they found their haven. Yes, yeah, and it, and it's well, they found it. I don't know. It was it didn't sound good. Yeah, yeah. it seemed like a good for them. Yeah. This is the best thing we could hope for. Yeah. Even though the church is garbage yeah. and may not even be again Christian, right? And you wanted these people to find healing. They went through something horrific, so you don't ever want to take right. away the human part of what's gone on. But his, you know, the way he portrayed it was like, you know, they got out of really this this horrible church yeah. setting, and now they're in this really great church setting. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's not. You know, what again? Come back to what? Yep. What would the Bible say sure. about these things? And I never saw that. Didn't it really? Didn't it really kind of start? Um, and you guys already alluded to this. I think it was episode four or five. The things we do to women. Um, I think that's really where it started. There was a lot of people that walked away that we've talked to that walked away from that episode going, I didn't like that one. And it was because of there, there seemed to be a, a, a negative tone towards complementarianism, right. which we think is completely biblical. Um, and um, I saw an uh, interview with Mike Cosper. He's the host. 
with Preston Sprinkle. And I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. Like, they're talking, you know, off record about, you know, him making this. And Preston brought this up to him, said, you've gotten a lot of flack from this episode, the things we do to women, because it looks like you're saying that complementarianism is wrong. And what he ended up saying was, well, the, the church that I currently go to, like most of the people there would be complementarian. So he went ahead and separated them. So he basically said right there, I'm not. But the guy said, why did you, why did you choose to report on that, that direction? Why did you choose to kind of take that angle on complementarianism? And he said, I wanted to appeal to the progressives in my church and the progressives around me. Yeah. Like he, he didn't even try to hide it. And, and, um, and that's exactly actually what you saw there was, was we, we don't like this idea of complementarianism. I want to speak to something that's, you I know. Mean, in a nutshell, that's the problem I have with the podcast. Yes. It became clear at some point, <clears throat> oh, you're trying to cater to this group yep. and, and, and get approval from this group. Yep. You know, so again, yeah, this was wrong, but the answer isn't to, you know, capitulate to these people. Right. Or to this, this mindset. And that's, sure. that's what it, that's what I, I just come to that point where it's like, oh shoot, that's what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it was a bummer. Yeah, and, and, and the truth yeah. is, you can you can see that in many ways on different levels throughout. Yep. Once once you establish that it's there, yeah, it's like oh gosh, like right. this is actually it's kind of well. That, this is really why we wanted to have this this talk yes. today was because again, you know, if you don't, if you if you just see our stamp of approval on this and then start watching it, you're going to start to wrestle with these things too. And it took us a while to figure it out as we went through it, but yep. we wanted to just tip you off right away that there are some things in here, the conclusions that are, you know, that he comes to aren't correct. Yeah. So. Um, okay, this one's got to sound really bad, like I'm a really heartless person, and, and I'm not. Well, in, in ways I am, but I'm getting softer. God is softening <laughs> We'll me. be the judge of that. But i got to say, like, this dude's favorite word is... <laughs> Wounded? <laughs> Wounded. He must have used it like 1,500 times, okay? Yeah. Um, there were a lot of hurt people that were mixed up in, in just the cyclone, you know, the, the horribleness of what of what happened at Mars Hill, no doubt. Yeah. But again, and I think we already alluded to this, there, there's a constant tone of of blame shifting and being a victim in every and, and there's and, and there's no path past it ever. And so I want to ask you guys like how should we biblically report, like when someone gets hurt, when someone gets wounded in the church, which they will, by the way, you you will, if you are, and I talked about this a little bit in my, my sermon. I mean, this is part of the reason why we see an outer circle in local churches and an inner circle, right? That, that's really the difference is the outer circle is um, not close contact Christianity. That's inner circle. And when you come into the, that inner circle of a local congregation, you start doing life together and you start relationally being close with people. There's an inevitability that you will get hurt at some point. That's what relationships do. That's what right. families do because they live together day in and day out. And you're just going to hurt each other at some point. So people tend to stay um, on the outside. But it seemed like like there was almost a um, there was just a hyper focus, in my opinion, on the fact that people had been hurt without again. Did what now? How does the Christian respond right. to that? What does healing look like? Does it, does it look like a cup of tea and a therapist and no more church for forever? Or does it look like something else, you know? And it just, that never seemed to come. It was just a bunch of disgruntled victims, which again, a lot of them are legitimately victims, but it's almost like they're just rolling in it. And, yeah. and that, that was a little bit disgusting to me because, um, yeah, we need to get hurt. And then our Bibles tell us that we need to forgive and then we need to 
follow Christ, <laughs> you know, not, not abandon yeah. your post, you know what I mean? Because you have an excuse to, yeah. but so how do we respond? I think pastorally, one of the things, the best things we can do for people is to give them the hope of redemption. Like, like yeah, the hurt is real. Yeah, it's raw. Yeah, you're, you're going to be in it for a while, right? Um, you know, hopefully, you know, down the road, it's not going to be as raw as it is now kind of a thing, but, uh, but there is a hope for redemption. Um, you know, I think as we also try to pastor people in forgiveness, that, you know, that, that may not come right away. In these different, like that might be a process, you know, yes, that God works in somebody's life. Sure. Um, but, but at the end of the day, you know, being able to forgive somebody is not necessarily for their benefit. You know, it's for your, your benefit. Exactly. Right? And, and between you, you exactly. and God. Um, you know, I think maybe some of these you know, folks that have been wounded at Mars Hill might be leaning on the crutch. Well, Driscoll hasn't even asked for forgiveness, and he hasn't repented, and so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to issue until he asks for it. Right. And, and and even that, like, where where's the hope of redemption and the under, understanding of you know what God has done for you? Yeah. And and so yeah. you know we've got to pastor people in that and, and bring them back to you know the authority and the truth of yeah. Scripture yeah. Uh, that God does redeem and that God is glorified even in the redemption of things that we might think are irredeemable. Again, this was such an opportunity for the podcast to be biblical. Like yeah. I mean, yeah, to be right. biblical is to take all these people that you have in front of you that have come out of something horrible and that are hurting and then build, rebuild the dike. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and bring out that biblical prescription and that biblical emphasis to reconciliation and redemption, regardless of what the offending party does or does not do, because we have that prescription for the victim. Right. And it was just nowhere. It was just well, like, that's, that's... you have the right to be a victim and you have the right to be angry and you have the right in your anger to sit around and cuss at this dude that you're doing right now. And we're just going to record that for eight hours. Like, no, like, no, dude, like what? Like, anyway. Yeah. I think, you know, we, we, we all, if we're being honest, uh, have been wounded sure. in the church. Um, I don't know any Christian Many that times. hasn't been wounded by exactly. something. Now, this was pretty extreme at times. Sure. And, and, and there's disillusionment that comes when you're... When That's you're following probably a, a leader yeah, yeah. like this. Well, even the movement, you know, and then yeah. and, and you're trying to parse out what was good in this, yep. what wasn't. So I, you know, there's a lot that needs to, you know, even some of these people literally talked about having PTSD from it. Yeah. So it's real, and I don't want to diminish that. But at the end of the day, where we go for that is we go to our Savior, who was also betrayed, who right. was also wounded, right. who was also worse than know, we ever. Could I mean, be. he yeah. went through all of these things more so than we did, and yet. You know, this is where the gospel comes to bear, yeah. and, and we have to point people to Christ. He's okay. our, He's our healer. He's the one that will bring us through this. Um, and and I don't know. I get knocked you know, down. There, there was, but I get up again. <laughs> there was no <laughs> gospel. It's Sorry. funny because one of the critiques this, that Cosper had about awesome. Driscoll was that, that you know he said he was gospel centered and Christ centered, yep. but he just repeatedly taught moralism and said, "Shame on you! You're not doing enough. You're not acting right." right. And it, it was when he pointed it out, I was like, "Oh my goodness! Yeah, it's not there." But then it's like you have an opportunity in this podcast to 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 fix that and yes. become gospel centered in yeah. what you're saying yes. and to point people to the finished work of Christ as your rest and as as where you will find healing. Right. And he just didn't. It sounded like yeah. it just said you have every right to feel the way you are yeah. and to keep feeling the way you are. Yeah. And the Bible would tell us something different. The gospel would tell us something right. different. And um, don't wallow in that. And so again, I don't I don't want to sound like heartless or like you know what I mean? Like like these people didn't really get hurt, but like where they're being allowed or even encouraged to be left in that hurt is wrong. There's a point right. you, you gotta get up. You know, yep. because your eyes are here. And well, and get into a healthy yeah. church environment again, 
that teaches sound biblical yes. theology yes. that doesn't have one leader that's yeah. you know elevated. You and know, they just get wounded some more. You will. <laughs> you, will and you will find you know yes. that's, that's that rather than just walking away from it altogether. Yes. Yeah. I agree. So this this last one. Uh, again, was something that I think I couldn't put my finger on that kind of was bothering me episode to episode to episode, and I didn't know why. And then finally, I think it was especially the second time I listened to this through with my wife, it hit me. And this one could be controversial, too, because this is really big today, and it keeps getting bigger, bigger, bigger. Um, there's a huge emphasis from front to back, if you go back and listen to it, um, and time given um, as far as interview time. People speaking into to psychologists and to therapists and to you said it earlier spiritual abuse experts, which I never knew was a thing. Maybe that's a, a newer thing. Now, I, I think some of this stuff is extremely useful, right? I think the the church in the past has, has maybe kind of poo pooed these things to a point to where it's like these things have no value to a Christian. Um, but it almost seems like it's become everything. And sure. and here to this guy, when you couple it with with the lack of scripture and the and the the lack of biblical solution and biblical reference, and you see an emphasis on those outside the church, these experts, psychologists, therapists, I ended up finding like that's a huge problem to me. Yeah, I think it's a problem in our in our in our current it time is. as well because sure. I I talked about this last Sunday, um, but you you've got. Um, you know, the, our generation and, and then the boomer generation that basically didn't talk about their problems at all. Right. You, didn't, you just kept it inside and, you know, suffered through it. Right. Um, you, we were, you know, now that but the, the generations that have come up, they want to talk about everything all yes. the time to everybody, it seems like. Not everybody, but I mean, that's more of it. It's very normal for young people to have a therapist. Right. And therapy they, isn't they, the taboo that it used to be. Yeah, there's no, there's no stigma attached to that. Yeah. It's not shameful. It's just normal. That's a normal, normal part of life. But the problem is, and I, and I talked about this the other day, but it seems like they're never really trying to get to a solution. They're just trying to unmask more of the reasons why you are the way you are so that you can feel good about the way you are. And that's the frustrating part of it. It's all more this. self-promotion, in my opinion. Yeah, it's like, it's, they're like, I mean, they're like, you know, chiropractors. You know, you, are, you, are we ever going to get, you know, do we just keep making appointments or are we ever going to get somewhere? And I feel like there's money to be made in therapy Absolutely. and there's money to be made in, in just keeping you on the hook for another breakthrough, another breakthrough. But the example I used on Sunday was cancer. You know, people get it. If all you do is go find out, like, okay, this is why you got it. You lived in an environment where this, that's, or you did something to, to cause sure. it, or maybe a combination of both. But you wouldn't leave the doctor's office that day going, thank you, thank you, now I know why I have cancer. I appreciate your time, and you wouldn't walk out of there happy. You would want to know, what do I need to do to get rid of this, <laughs> this, this thing that's in me? And I don't see anybody moving towards that. They sure. just stay at that, that, okay, now I know why. And I'm going to sit in this, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's not a good place to sit. Well, and it's right. it, it it is a it's a self focused thing too. Like it's funny because the word of God, like after it does business with us, is taking the attention away from us. Like that's always the solution. Like that's always the right. final step and the answer to happiness, joy, healing, all those things is that we get out of ourselves. Yeah. Right. right? Um, where it seems like these these more individually focused arenas and platforms are there to do the opposite, which we love as human beings, where it's it's a hyper-focus on self sure. over and over and over again. Even where the answer is in you, not outside yes. of you, right. which yes. is completely opposite yeah. of Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. Modern, modern psychology would say the problem is outside of you and the yes. answer is inside yes. of you. The Bible would say the opposite, yes. but the yes. problem is inside of you and the answer is outside of yeah. you. And so that's where yeah. Yeah, modern psychology can just miss the mark. And obviously this isn't across the boards. Like There, right. there are some Christian counselors Absolutely. that specialize in certain things and praise God for them. Um, and um, and when they're biblical, 
it's an effective it's an effective tool for the church to have in their right. toolbox for certain things, right? And so it's not across the board, but in general, I mean, some of these people I don't even think um, from the interview I saw with him are Christian. They're just psychologists that that have talked about things like this before. So he decided to put a soundbite in on him, and it's just like I don't know if that's helpful. And and again, the biggest thing that I that that I think bothered me about that is that when you have an emphasis on these 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 specialized platforms outside the church, at the same time you're you're focused on the church and how much stuff it's done wrong and how it just jacks people up. Right. Th- there is an interpretation to be had there, yeah. which is that the church is incapable of fixing real issues. It actually just creates them. You have to go sure. outside the church to get your real issues fixed as Christians. And I didn't like it, dude. I, once that message came across loud and clear to me after a while, it was like, that's not okay. The so. show was even sponsored by a therapy place. So that, I mean, that's was, right. Uh, every every time you'd have a, a little commercial for, for that too. So there's no, you're not making this up. It's, no. it's a real thing. It's a, it's a yeah. real thing yeah. and it was it was really there. And, so. and I think we, we would want to acknowledge, um, we believe in the su- sufficiency of the scripture. We don't believe in the Absolutely. sufficiency of us. Right. So there are times when, when we meet with people that I feel out of my depth. I, I don't, you know, but I know that God's word is sufficient to answer yeah. these things, and, and that the church is sufficient to deal with these things. Yes. Yeah. So individually, you know, we don't. We, it is hard to know what to do sometimes sure. or what to say sometimes. But I, I, yeah. I know that going outside of, you know, the church for help. There, there are Christian therapists like you said that I yep. know that have helped people yep. and and gotten through some really difficult times. But I would just say, um, if you're going to a therapist and seeing these people. Are they trying to get to a solution, and is that solution found in Christ? Exactly. Right. If if they're not trying to find a solution, if they're just trying to keep you, you know, new breakthrough, new breakthrough, new reasons why, yes, uh, leaving you in that state, yes, get out of there. Yes. And if they're not pointing you to Christ as the answer, this is the true solution. Then yeah. get out of right. there. What is their therapy <laughs> based on? Yeah. Is a really good question. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Um, th- those are kind of the big ones that I just threw down as far as things to consider when you're going through this, and things to look out for, and even. Just personal problems, you know, problems that I looked at and thought, gosh, that, that kind of stinks. Um, any, anything you guys want to add? Just what we've already said, that, that even though, you know, we have, you know, some critiques about, you know, the podcast and, you know, trying to critically think about it, um, you know, overall it, it's a helpful thing, you know, to, to listen, um, you know, to consume uh, because there are lessons that we can learn from it. Um, you know, I think our point is, like, we just want to make sure we're thinking critically and biblically um, you know about these things and, and looking for you know the things um, you know that, that could have been different that could have been better uh, and those kinds of things but but definitely worth uh, listening to yeah very good I just just more of a commitment from us that you know we took this stuff very seriously as we went yeah. through yeah. It. Uh, it it was shocking to think about what a church you know what a slippery slope you can get on in, right. in a hurry because Driscoll didn't start out this way it started out right. as multiple leaders it started out as multiple teachers it yep. started out with all the right sounded DNA. right yep. I mean it sounded good <clears throat> And a lot of it was the same DNA that started the door. Yeah. And so to know that, you know, this is even a possibility. So, you know, our commitment to accountability, our commitment to co-leadership, yeah. um, not elevating one person, uh, there are just a lot of things that um, reinforce what we need to be doing as a church, yeah. And, yeah. And, it, and it was helpful. And that's why it should matter to them too, right? It's just like you said, this is a big church, so it had a lot of attention. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the podcast is huge as a result of that because it was super popular. But these are not things that only happen in big churches. Yeah. These are tendencies yeah. and things that go on in a lot of small local churches. Right. So we, we all need to, to be aware of these never, We can never lose sight of the, just loving the people that God has placed in front right. of us, loving them well yeah. and shepherding them well. Because once you get about all the numbers and the success and all this other stuff, 
the people it just changes. go to the wayside. It changes everything. It so we just need to, we always need to be looking at that. What are we doing? Why are we doing it? Yep. Um, what's the point of all this? Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's, it's about seeing people meet Jesus and, and walk with him. And, and that's our job, you know, is to, just to yep. keep people learning Absolutely. and growing in the Lord and, and teaching them sound things. Yep. But the minute we get away from that and start, you know, Agreed. trying to grow into some big monstrosity and make big names for ourselves and all that. Agreed. Shut the doors right. and let's just go home. My text that I'm that's preaching good. on this week is out of, out of Matthew 4, and it's when he calls the four um, disciples, right? Um, uh, James, John, Andrew, Peter. They're fishing, each of them. And um, for some reason, while I was studying, I, I couldn't get my, I couldn't, my brain couldn't get off the hook, follow me, the statement, follow me. And we want to, hopefully we've done that, and we want to encourage to do, uh, you know, be encouraged to constantly do that with you guys, is you're not following us. Um, you are following Christ. <laughs> Christ is right. the one that we must fix our eyes on as far as what it looks like uh, to have life, joy, uh, hope, peace, all those things. What it is to be a Christian is like him. The second that we, we put somebody else in that place, we, we put a dude especially, yep. we will be disappointed. And um, and we will probably, you know, there's so many people you guys probably have into in your lives that have walked away from the church. And in almost all the cases, you could probably trace it back to them having their eyes fixed on someone who failed them. Jesus will never, ever fail us. Well, ever. I think Paul actually says, follow me as I follow Christ. Right. And, well, and again, the, so he puts it, his he does, eyes on Because, again, there's a point him. where Driscoll stopped. Yeah. He stopped following Christ. He started to, you know, he got out ahead of him and became even, you know, more prominent. Right. And that's where you stop following. Right. But yeah. as long as we're behind Christ Correct. and following and you can see that and it's evident. Right. Yeah. Then it's okay. So even in that um, statement by Paul, he's still saying. Yes. Follow Christ. Yeah. Right. So I'm not disagreeing with what you're <laughs> yeah, saying. But yeah. I mean, yeah right. As long as we are hot on the heels of Jesus. Yes. It's okay for you to, you know, yep. look to us as, as maybe you know, a right. poor example of follower of Christ. <laughs> right. but, I mean, right. you know, we want to lead people towards and we want to for sure. present a model for them to follow. But, e but even there, someday we, we may move or yeah. we will die. Even yeah. if we don't fall, yeah. like, we, you know, he, yeah. he remains. Right. Um, and, and he's the reason why we can be hurt and we can even, we can even suffer offense from people um, and, and get back up and remain in church, active in church, loving others and forgiving others is because we have our eyes on Christ. That's, yeah. Those are things Amen. that we get from him, yeah. not from men. So yeah. there's there's the gospel. Well, you're welcome, Mike Cosper. <laughs> <laughs> Years ago you said, you know, he's the rock star and we're the roadies. Yeah. I don't know if that was you yeah. or somebody else. That was probably Driscoll. It sounds like something you would say. <laughs> I, I mean, it, I, I'm not saying it was, but it sounds like Driscoll. It's it's, a, that could I have been something I got from Driscoll. It just stuck with me, but, yeah. but, you know, as long as, you know, it, if Christ remains the rock star. Yeah, right. But, I mean, that's really what happened to Mars Hill is Driscoll yeah. became the rock star. He did. Yeah, he did. And, and we don't ever want that. That's not our place. Yeah. Uh, we're the roadies. We're yep. just in. Yeah. Um, and we're okay. Being praise God that we get to be roadies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What a great job. <laughs> yeah. Just roadie run across the stage as low as we can, as fast yeah. as we can. Yeah. That's awesome. You want to praise Albert? Yeah. Uh, Father, thank you for, again, for what this um, podcast has is, is meant to us and the good and the bad that we can take from it. Thank you for the time we can talk about these things today. Pray that those who have listened would be um, encouraged and, and just cautious now as they listen to it um, to, um, to just always test everything, mm -hmm. Lord, that comes down our way. And so uh, we're grateful for this church. We're grateful that we get to um, have this opportunity to minister to people in this community and in Lapine. And we pray that you would continue to grant us success, Lord, as we, as we get out of the way and let you do what you do and the lives of people around us. So we just uh, pray that you would help us to be fruitful as leaders and as, as, um, as a church in these communities and that many would come to Christ. And we ask that in his name.
Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us, guys. If you got questions, comments, any of that stuff, you know where to find us. Make sure to send it, and we'll get to them. See you next week. Yep. Thanks for tuning in to One Decent Pastor. If you'd like more information about the church, go to our website at thedoor3r.org.